Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. Welcome to the porch. It is time. Uh, you know, we've got the fire pit going. Don't worry. Don't worry. We've got the fire pit going. We've got the nice warm beverage of your choice and warming our toes by the fire with Maggie the Green. Um, looks like we, we, you know, it's, it's, it's Groundhog Day. <laughs> Actually, um, tomorrow's Groundhog Day. But, you know, uh, so it's in bulk, um, the, the eve of. It started at sundown. And this is, if you're listening, when we're doing this. Hopefully, you're listening whenever you feel like listening because that's what the witching hour is. Um, it's the time that you make for yourself to get in connection with things witchy, magic-y. magic is that a word, Maggie? Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> it is Pam here with Maggie the Green, and um, hopefully soon we'll have more Petals and Potions shows here on the Witching Hour Spellcast. But for tonight, um, you know, Mercury went into retrograde a couple days ago, and most people are like, oh, no, Mercury, retrograde, ah, dive, hide. Um kind of almost like, if you think about it, kind of like Groundhog Day. But me, I went, you know, I've been sitting here working on um, a lot of political stuff, and I haven't really been mm-hmm. doing much here on the podcast. Uh, it's been uh, handled, most of the podcasting that's happening here on the Witching Hour Spellcast has been done with the wonderful Village Laughing Brook crew of Incantation Nation and the amazing couple that are the witches next door. Could you mm-hmm. just imagine having witches next door? I would love that, wouldn't you? Could I trade? Yeah. I'm not really happy with my I'm... next door neighbor. Let me know if they put their house up for sale. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Maybe we can work on that app. <laughs> hey, it could happen. Well, it could happen. It could happen. I like our little neighborhood back here. Um, yeah, they're not my, they're not my favorite people right now because they have a dog and the dog has some separation anxiety issues. I mean, they're not torturing the dog, but they're not Uh paying attention to the dog and it's more of a neglect thing. I mean, it's not, uh, it's not neglect to the point where it's one of those things where they leave the dog outside and the dog whines. And I'm like, it's just like a little baby. Just pay attention to it. It's got separation anxiety. Work on different things that you can do. So sorry about that. Downer. Let's not do that downer thing. Um, But what I was talking about with with the Mercury and retrograde is uh, this is a time for you to to go back and do things that you – go back and and look at things that – projects you might have dropped like I don't know the witching hour spell cast or petals and potions yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> and and put some energy towards that put some energy towards things that um, you may have started working on in the past which is which is kind of sort of what in bulk is because a lot of people mm-hmm. are like why is the first rite of spring 
February 2nd or or about. Why is this the first rite of spring? Do you have anything that you want to say about that? I have I have what I think about it. Um, I think this is the first rite of spring because it's midwinter. So in, um, you know, across the country, a lot of parts, you know, they're getting ready for spring. Uh, unlike us here who are just beginning our winter. <laughs> <laughs> well, my my feeling is with that is is um, there's two things when I think about this time of year. Uh, I think mm-hmm. about the, the promise of spring, how this might be where you start seeing buds show up. This might be where you mm-hmm. might get the first uh, hints of some of the the – the bulb type flowers and vegetables. Right. Mm-hmm. They like might be starting to, like that. Yeah. Daffodils. There's a lot mm-hmm. of daffodils here in North Carolina. Um, there is. They a golden really host well of daffodils. Yeah. Um, but this is where they start showing signs of life. And one of the, the sayings about, or one of the thoughts about in bulk is, is it comes from used milk. I've heard people say that there's, you know, people are going to argue about it. That's just one of the things I heard. I don't know if it actually comes from used milk, but I do know that this is known in Europe. Uh, This time of year, they call it lambing Sunday because Mm -hmm. this is when the lambs are being born. So we can argue about where, yeah, we can argue about where the name came from and what it means, but baby lambs are being popped out, okay? <laughs> yeah, the sentiment is the same. Exactly. And the the energy is is there. Mm-hmm. Um so part of, you know, when I think about this time of year, I think about the the um the fact that that, you know, you've got the promise of spring. You've got the whispers of spring, you know, it's the stirring. Things are stirring. And the other part of it is this is around the time of Mardi Gras, or in um, Germany they call it Fasching. Uh, and I'm not I'm not going to talk about the, the Catholic connections with it, but Carnival is, you know, carne, carne, it comes from meat. This is the time of year that you're going down to the bottom of your your stores, you know, if you were in ancient time, this is when you're digging to the right. bottom of the barrel and mm-hmm. you may have had a rough winter. You may not have had a rough winter, but this is the last little bit of stuff that you have. So that's, that's why it's around, a good idea to, uh, only to not eat meat once a week or something like give up meat this time of year. Isn't that what they do for Mardi Gras? They like give up something. After, that would make sense well, why they would give it up at this time Mar- of year. Right, right. Mardi Gras is, is Fat Tuesday. Um, Ash uh-huh. Wednesday follows Mardi Gras. Um, right. So you eat, you're, basically what, you're, what you do in, okay, I'm not making a connection with how the Catholic Church and, and has taken over what I feel has some ancient connections. But what you would do is this time of year, you would get your last little bit of your your fat, your 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 um, 
eggs, your milk, and you would make uh, make a feast, whether it's like something as mm-hmm. big as Mardi Gras or in all over England they have Shrove's Tuesday or Shrove Tuesday. I think it's Shrove's Tuesday. Shrove Tuesday. I think they it have is. pancake uh-huh. It, it, you make pancakes. You you get that last little bit, and then for the next six weeks, for the next six weeks, you you would have Lent if you were if you were Catholic. But what you're talking right. about is this mentality of we're going to have a big feast now, and then for the next six weeks, we're not going to have a lot of meat. We're not going to have a lot of, you know, we're not going to eat. We're only going to eat in in old. In ancient Catholic times, you would eat yeah. like fish. <laughs> they, fish not and just bread. for Fridays. Oh, right. my dad yeah. hated this time of year. <laughs> I remember my dad, I went to go visit. My, my grandfather lived on the coast. Um, mm-hmm. He lived near the Atlantic Ocean or Delaware Bay most of his life, and he did a lot of fishing. And he did this type of fishing where they put, I don't know if there's a name for it, people can tell me, but he had like these big wooden piles that were driven into the ground. And then they would put like chain link fence around it and it would catch, it would catch things in the, Mm -hmm. in when it's low tide, you would just walk into it. When it's high tide, it was well over the pilings. But at low tide, you could just walk in and grab what you caught. And one day we caught a flounder, and my dad was so excited, and my grandfather was so excited. We got a flounder, a flounder. And I'm, like, wondering what the big deal is. And they're like, Have you, haven't you ever had flounder? And all I could think of is my dad as one of those anti-Catholics because he was raised Catholic that he rebelled. I'm like, Dad, you never fed us fish. <laughs> <laughs> never fed us fish. I don't know what this stuff tastes like. Um yeah. But you're 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 trying you're you're at the the end of your stores and that's where this this uh-huh. this the tradition of is there six weeks of winter or are we done? You know, are we is it gonna be smoother sailing now or are we going to have to to struggle for the next six weeks, you know, I think right. that's my that's, take on it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, definitely. And that's such an important prediction like throughout humanity because the next six weeks determines whether or not you eat next year, basically, you know? And so I can see how we, you know, want to create all of these things around this important occasion in, you know, all humans have experienced throughout time. And that, I guess that's where I'm like, uh, I, I'm not quite sure a lot about the lore of, I know that the, you know, I, I posted a, a, a rhyme that they used to say um, during this time of year, basically mm-hmm. um, when it's cloudy here it is. If Candlemas be fair and bright, winter will have another flight. If Candlemas be shower and rain, winter is gone and will not come again. I I don't know if that's going to happen in the Northeast <laughs> because apparently they're saying that they're you know they're being socked in right now, 
and there is another storm headed their way over the weekend mm-hmm. too. So it's not necessarily, in my opinion, a a weather prediction, but more. I'm trying to figure out the right words. It, it's more of a climate thing. I don't know. I I I don't put a lot uh-huh. of stock in what the what the groundhog or whatever animal that you want uh-huh. does on today. You know, I'd much rather watch <laughs> Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> A Bill I would Murray 100% movie. rather watch Bill Murray, Bill Murray for sure. Uh. But the sentiment, I think, is what gets lost. I think that there's some mm-hmm. some truth that resonates in a lot of these these rhymes and these ancient ways that we lose because we're trying to make this too literal. Right. I feel. Uh-huh. Instead of just embracing um, the feeling of it but embracing more of the of the not just the feeling of them but the the spirit of it this is the time of year that you would you would plant now would it be you would plant certain things so is this telling you to wait six weeks to plant or is this telling you go ahead and plant now that would be more of what i would be wondering because we were an agrarian society and we're still we still rely I mean, you know, I don't know about you, but I buy food that grew. <laughs> I eat food right, that grew. exactly. <laughs> so whether right, or not exactly. I saw it grow or made it grow, uh-huh. I still need it. Exactly. Right? Um, basically, yeah, probably uh, kind of goes along the lines of, if they think it's going to be an early spring, plant your start your seeds outside, and uh, or you know go ahead and start your seeds now. And then if it's that, uh, see, that not going to be sense. an early spring, wait, yeah, you know. But if that, that prediction isn't, yeah, go but ahead. if that prediction's not correct, you could lose you know a whole field's worth of seeds. That's going to put you back. One of the the other things that I like about this this time of year with um, you know, when you talk about Candlemas or uh, or in bulk, however you want to, Candlemas is the the Christian name for it. Um, when you talk about Candlemas or in bulk, um, mm-hmm. there's one overwhelmingly one goddess that seems to own this holiday. And I was going to, I'm leading, I'm trying to get you, Maggie, to come out and speak some more. That one goddess, Uh, Breet, Bride, Bridget, Bridget, however you want to pronounce her name. Um, Mm -hmm. She is so... We were talking at, before the show started about Selena, Selena Fox of Circle mm-hmm. Sanctuary, and you said that you found some stuff on Selena's page, and I said, oh, Selena loves Bridget. Selena does. Bridget is a passion of hers. 
So if you haven't had a chance to check out Selena Continued, we Selena and I started podcasting together uh, during mm-hmm. the Pagan Warrior Radio in 2011. So we're coming up to 10 years. And I, you know, she's gone off now with the, the Circle uh, Podcast Network. If you want to find information on, on her podcasts and classes and all the other podcasts that are connected with Circle, you can go to circlesanctuary.org. Mm-hmm. But um, Selena has some some stuff that you were talking about. Do you want to share that? Yeah, I like how she kind of just um, really gave a good thorough uh, description here of like um, a good way to kind of celebrate Bridget um, today on this day of her. And, um, you know, she's just talking about uh, – Bridget being the maiden and how the goddess manifests, you know, at this time of year and, you know, the maiden spring, fresh, new, um, now is always a good time for spring cleaning. Um, and you can use that spring cleaning to, uh, incorporate spirituality and purification. Um, she has some really good walkthroughs here, you know, um, how to uh, go through the process of doing like a full cleansing of your altar and your room. Um, now is like the perfect time for that. And it's extra great time for that right now because it's Mercury retrograde as well. It's a good time to kind of reassess, you know, your environment. Is this, you know, is your environment um, contributing to your welfare um, does it make you feel good? All of those things. Now is a great time for all of that. Um, you know, and I definitely love how much Selena loves Bridget. Um, you know, she really captures like her uh, personality, I think, with these um, chants and rituals that she has here on her webpage. Um, I don't necessarily want to like repeat what she's saying here, but I would definitely encourage people um, if you want to look more into some specific, uh, you know, um, rituals, check out what Selena has here. It's uh, just really lovely, and I think it really captures Bridget's spirit. I'm looking to see if I can find uh, somewhere I have, like, somewhere I have a, a, a Celia chant with Selena for Bridget, but... Uh-huh. I cannot find it. I started yeah, I trying to see if I can get it. For it. Um, I think there's a link for it here. It says uh, by um, Selena and Celia. Yeah. Uh, I know that, that okay. Celia likes it. Here it is, the sacred waters. Bridget of yeah. the sacred waters. Yeah. So... Um, and Celia usually has a lot of Bridget stuff up too on, uh, if you go mm-hmm. to celiaonline.com, you can find some more things, uh, music that Celia has done. Um, it's, it's kind of fun, uh, listening to, to Selena and Brid- and Celia and Bridget, Bridget. So part of the reason that spring clean, cleaning and Bridget uh, why it's it's so important is also 
Bridget is uh-huh. Bridget Bridget is such a, a multi purpose and very powerful goddess. Uh and one of the things that she is connected with is hearth and protecting the mm-hmm. house. So this would also be, you know, not only cleaning up your altar but 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 setting up those those wards, those protections, um and getting that energy. This is a good time to do that. Uh, and this goes back to the next six weeks. You know, if you think about, like I said, you've got the, the stores running out from, from last year and you're trying to make sure that you can make it till, you know, things start growing again in in springtime. This This is a pretty lean time of the month or time of the year. So focus on on uh, cleaning up and, and putting wards up. Um, a lot of people, you know, Byron Ballard was, was putting uh, instructions up on how to, to weave Bridget crosses. Time of year to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the main reason I wanted to ask you to come on is this year has been started about a year ago I almost hate you know I love to to look back on Facebook where it says like these are your memories for today and I'm I'm gonna dread pretty soon uh for about a month of my memories because I don't know I I'm pretty sure I got the bug early on because I was super 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 sick um Uh And we know that our lives, oh, by the way, speaking of which, that's also part of why you, you, when they talk about, you know, how dangerous this time of year is, is because we're all inside and we've got everything closed up. So this is part of the spring cleaning too. A lot of places in Europe during this time of year is when they'll open the windows during a day like today, uh, except for if you're in a raging snowstorm. Uh, but during this time of year, you open the windows to let that air get in and get rid of, you know, mustiness and um, and get some circulation and clean clean out the air in your house, uh, air out your your feathered, if you're lucky enough to have it, feathered uh, beds. If not, you know, get rid of the straw. Try to turn over the straw. Maybe get some new straw. Um, but basically, it's an airing out too, an airing out, and that all that's there's a reason for that is health, not just because it makes everything look better, smell better, whatever. When you live with your cattle inside, <laughs> yeah, things ain't gonna smell so great. But this time of year, you're wanting to clean. That's that's part of the spring cleaning. Um, so. So make sure to incorporate that into part of your your ritual is to clean out you know the air in your house to clean out that that not just that energy but you know the not just negativity but any bugs sick things around you uh, that'll get you sick. But the reason I that's not the reason I wanted to have you go. On. Um, I wanted to have you on because because last year it's like surprise pandemic. This year it's not surprise pandemic. 
This year it's, oh, yeah, yay, more pandemic. Um, you know, can, can you get sarcasm? Sarcasm dripping, okay? So don't tweet me or, or say angry things about I'm wanting the pandemic to stick around. But I got a lot of delight watching my friends last year as they talked about what they were growing, the stuff that they were growing. And we know that our food supply has been very, we've been pretty lucky, to be honest, with our food supplies through through this pandemic. I agree. Uh, I agree. I think um, we are definitely lucky that we've been able to, you know, continue to maintain uh, shelves. You know, very rarely are we having, like, things running out. You know, there's always toilet paper Other than now. toilet paper. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's there if you look around. Um, you know, but, yeah, we're definitely lucky that we've been able to make it through. But um, I agree. I'm definitely excited by seeing, you know, all the people that are spending more time kind of in and around their homes, you know, growing things. It's awesome. So would this be the time of year that you'd want to start planning that or would you that's we were talking about that at the at the start is what does that six now weeks of winter go ahead? Yeah, so now is a good time of year um to plant quite a few things indoors and outdoors. Um, you know, some things you may want to wait the six weeks, but now would be a good time to do like those um cold time uh, plants, you know, now is a good time for Brussels sprouts, um, particularly in the lower states because Brussels sprouts are a cold temperature plant. Um, They actually do really well, you know, all throughout the winter, but you can um, definitely plant them now. Uh, The other, you know, another cruciferous vegetables, I think that's what they're called. Um, And I particularly just bring up Brussels sprouts because I really love them and I haven't yet grown them successfully, but <laughs> but now is a good time to grow Brussels sprouts for sure. Um, now is a good time to plant your herbs. Uh, you know, be thinking about planting herbs. Um, you know, deer are going to be out more often, so if you're doing an outdoor garden, you definitely want to keep in mind, you know, if you have deer in the area, you can do companion planting as well. Um, so you can plant herbs around your vegetables that will repel the deer. Um, you know, we don't necessarily have like wild lamb, but you know, the, the deer are also, um, having babies this time of year. So definitely want to watch out for that if you're, you know, outdoor gardening. So you would grow certain herbs that that would deter the, the deer from eating your you're on. We this is this fascinates me because I for a while I lived in South Dakota, and mm-hmm. in South Dakota it's you know it's still a lot like Little House on the Prairie, which by the way most of it took place in South Dakota. It, it mm-hmm. there are some places that it's still very. I mean, they might have telephones and running water and indoor plumbing, but it's still very isolated, and there's still that that 
connection and tug of war, tug of war, the the give and take of the the nature around you. And mm-hmm. I remember one of my first winters there. Um, it we got a really nasty blizzard. It got super super cold, like you know twenty below air temperature, and you would see like a herd of antelope just coming near the the where people lived because people had food and people would come out and give them like leftovers from their their you know like a, a head of lettuce which of course made them sick because deer you know you don't go down to the grocery store as a deer saying I need a head of lettuce <laughs> they're they're just not right. it, it's Deer aren't, you know, antelope aren't aren't necessarily, um, their digestive systems aren't necessarily set up for for our food. Um, but what a, what eventually started happening more and more is the deer, because this is nature. We don't own this place. We're just we're just inhabitants too, and we would have near deer mm-hmm. that would just show up in town, and. I've I've got I've got pictures of going through certain t- parts of town in in South Dakota where there's like a deer on the front doorstep, like you know waiting for somebody to answer the door, like you would see a dog or a cat. And the way that the the city the the city took it as like pests, you know right. we need to get rid of these deer. They even they even toyed with I don't know if they ever did it but they toyed with making it legal to shoot deer within city limits oh goodness yeah wow yeah I'm not surprised though because they I'm telling you they can be quite destructive um you know uh I definitely uh believe in you know hunting and things like that if you want to kill your own food and Deer can definitely be destructive, um, and that's you know one of the reasons why I throw that out. I actually had some friends you know talking about their garden just got completely destroyed by deer. Like they went through their fences and everything. Um, but but you but know let's not let's not be shooting to things in town. Right. Well, let's let's bring this up to introduce. This may, sounds like a much more in t- in time in tune with nature to grow certain plants so that a deer would say, "Ick, I'm not going near there." Right. Right. Exactly. I know I've heard of things like putting your hair. Uh, you can put your hair like on posts near it because it'll it'll smell you. I've heard other ways to deter deer from your garden, but I didn't know much about the. Uh, I don't know much about these companion plants. Can you tell me a little bit more? Yes, definitely. Um, So you have quite a few uh, companion plants that are really good for, like, deer resistance. Um, One of my favorites is marigolds. They're amazing. Um, You can use them in so many different ways. You can use them magically. You can use them to make balm. Um, You know, so marigold is Lovely. You can definitely utilize Mosquito it. Mosquito really repellent. And deer hate it. Yes. And deer really? do not yeah, like I didn't it. Know. So that's a, yeah. And, they, and uh-huh. rabbits don't like it either. It stinks really bad to them. 
<laughs> and I love Marigold. The Marigold. Well, you know, they do have a little bit of a, a funk to them. <laughs> but they're they beautiful are and I love them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they make an amazing, like, balm you can put on your hands that will help with, like, in- inflammation and stuff like that. So they're really awesome. That's a really good choice because it has so many different uses. Um, the same with, like, rosemary, another one of my favorite herbs. It's very, um, you know, you can use it in all kinds of different things. It tastes good. It smells good. Um, you can use it in magic. Uh, you can, you know, also grow it and use it to repel deer out of your garden. So rosemary is a really great one. Um, sage is another good one that is a uh, you know, and think about it like this, like we use these things all the time. They're very useful. So, you know, um, companion planting uh, really helps you make the most out of your garden. Um, We also have like bee balm, which uh, is amazing for pollinators as well. So bee balm is a really good one. It's really pretty. It attracts butterflies and, um, bees and things like that and it repels deer and then you have yarrow which is another one of my favorites I have um, white and yellow yarrow Uh, yarrow is um, very useful in all kinds of different ways Uh, you can use the flower the root you can make tincture tinctures you can use it in magic Um, it's very pretty dried so yarrow is a really uh, great one, um, and then lavender as well. Uh, and all of these um, herbs are very hardy. They're very easy to grow. They propagate very easily, so you can plant them year, you know, and they keep them year after year, and they just come back more and more. Um, so uh, lavender is another good one. That's something you can definitely use in a lot of different ways. Um, it's a really good, you know, deer repellent, but also great for um, sachets, for your pillow, for sleeping and soothing. You can use it in magic. Um, you know, uh, I don't. you can use it in cooking. I don't generally like the taste of lavender, but um, you can use it. I've heard of people using it in ice creams and things like that. So, you know, those are some really great herbs um, to, to pair with your garden for deer resistance, and they're very um, versatile herbs. Rosemary, sage, bee balm, yarrow, and lavender. Um, so these are all very important, not only for, like, the companion plants to, to stave off deer. Deer are not necessarily our... <laughs> Our enemy, but they are the enemy. Deer and rabbits can can uh, destroy a garden. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they're just you brought up something. It's not going to hurt the deer or anything like that. Well, and you brought up something that that you know sparked my brain. I, I saw something uh, an article like yesterday um, mm. about. You know, something that you and I both love, and you mentioned bee balm. I love bees. I would love to have um, – I don't think I can do it anymore, but when I was younger, before I realized that I could probably <clears> – <throat> excuse me, 
I think I might have developed an allergy. I don't know. But when I was younger, I, I used to uh, catch bees on, in my hands. And I had no fear of bees, and I loved bees. And they always seemed to be around, but not a, not as much anymore. So getting those the plants like, uh, like you said, bee balm, certain plants that you could grow for, for bees and butterflies, pollinators. Can you um, tell me yeah. a little bit more? Pollinators, uh, anything that flowers is going to attract a pollinator. That's kind of what, why flowers evolved um, is for the birds and bees and butterflies. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know. Put your salmon to the test. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. Um, so, you know. The, anything that flowers really is going to be a good um, attractor of pollinators, but um, you just got to be aware when you're planting things that are pollinators, you know, um, you don't want things that are going to be invasive. Uh, <clears throat> some of the um, more popular uh, butterfly attractors can be a little bit invasive, so you got to be aware Um you know, pollinators love bright colors as well. So the more colorful mix you have in your garden, you know, the more um, pollinators you're going to attract. You definitely want to check out your hardiness zones and make sure that you're um, planting for your area so you don't want to be attracting, like, or planting, you know, plants that are not native if you're trying to attract native pollinators. You want to make sure you're planting things that the pollinators in your area are going to like. So, you know, like they like uh, in my area, they really love my um, flowers. Uh, I like to do a lot of um, uh, sunflowers and things like that. So, um, you know, I get a lot of, I attract a lot of finches. Um, they also, the finches love the echinacea in my garden. Um, you know, but if, if you're in an area where you're, you know, you're not never going to see a hummingbird, you don't want to be planting, you know, hummingbird food. Um, you know, and hummingbirds, keep in mind, you know, they have that little, uh, long skinny beak. So flowers that are, um, you know, tunnels, those are going to be good for those little hummingbirds and the things that like to, like, stick their little beak down in there. Um, you know, if you're really wanting so, uh, butterflies, butterflies like things that smell rotten. Um, so <laughs> they're going to like the stinky flowers the best. Um, birds like flowers uh, that seed and make big, fat seeds. Um, like cone flowers, you know, echinacea and sunflowers and things like that, um, you know. So, and now is a good time to start planting all of those things. Now is a good time, you know, to start making sure that you're filling up your bird feeders if you have those because this is also the spare time for the wildlife. You know, the pickings are slim for them as well, um, you know. So, you know, and all of those uh flowers you can all utilize you know you can utilize a lot of those flowers as well like in decorations or in spell work or um, even eating there's a lot of flowers that are edible so you know I also like to keep in mind you know how versatile is this plant that I'm planting you know 
Yeah, yeah. Well, and I wanted to, to make a, a very, very important point here because we started talking about, you know, scaring deer away and even hunting deer. Uh, and now we're talking about, you know, things that help feed birds and bees. So right. there's a balance here. You've got to find the balance. Um, I know I went to see a, a, a person who uh, uh, she is a, a, a chemical biologist. Uh, I don't know exactly what her theme would be now. She's more, she's not necessarily an arborist, but she's done a lot of studies on, on, on trees and wildlife and how plants can um, can help us and that's the other thing too when you're stuck in in inside because of the pandemic when you can go out and do something go out every day and get your your hands in the dirt and grow things this is going to help you tremendously this is going to help you so much um, there's there's a lot of uh, antidepressant effects of of turning the soil of growing things um, but one of the things that she was saying, which is a plant that I guess grows pretty well here in North Carolina, is the um, um, the blueberries. And what the yeah. reason that you would uh, the reason that you'd want want blueberries is not just because blueberries are yummy and they're good for you and they have antioxidants and they're one of the, the they're a superfood berry, but also because birds that have blue in their in their feathers and such need it mm-hmm. for that blue. That's part of where they get it. Oh, okay. so so you should grow blueberries for them. So it's it's a it's I don't know. This this is kind of what what it, it kind of like really connects me to what what paganism must have been like in ancient times because you would have to grow your food, mm-hmm. but you probably would grow some stuff for for what would be the gods, but it would be wildlife uh-huh. too. Right. You know, you'd have to, and you know, when we get to the the time of year where we're harvesting. You leave some in the in the fields. Um, so you do some container gardening. Um, I know I would like to do that here in my house. Um, what what is container gardening? I mean, I know that I'm handing you like this big, huge. Unpack this, Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so container gardening is kind of basically just what it sounds like. You know, you're growing in a in a pot or, um, you know, some type of container that uh, is self-contained. So you can, like, it's mobile. You, it's not just stuck in the ground. Um, you know, and you can uh, do mobile container gardening. You can start your plants indoors and then you know, move the pot outside in the, you know, in the high times of spring and summer and then bring it back in, um, you know, in the winter, um, you know, but uh, you can also just do inside gardening only. Um, you can do all types of house plants. you know, uh, you may struggle a little bit with doing like the fruity plants, 
um, fruits and vegetables, those do need to have quite a bit of sunlight that you may not get uh, from like a, a window unless you have a spot in your house that's really sunny. Um, but you can definitely do um, like herbs and flowers and things like that inside um, that are uh, definitely edible. You can do uh, like strawberries. You can grow really well in a pot. Um and those will generally go, grow well in a sunny window. You know, um, there's really all kinds of gardening you can do um, inside as well. Also, some of the benefits, you know, we were talking about doing purification and cleaning your house, spring cleaning. Um, growing plants indoors also definitely improves the air quality. It helps improve, you know, your peace of mind and your mood when you have plants around you. Um, you know, you can do hanging plants, trees, you know, um, all kinds of things you can grow inside and keep inside all year long. Um, you know, you just have to find, like, what your what your level is. If, you, if you're not somebody that can get outside every single day, that's totally fine. There's a lot of really great things that you can do inside in a container. You know, you just have to decide, like, what size do you want it to be? You know, um, do you want to do something that is going to grow, bloom, and then die? Or do you want to do a plant that's going to be green all year long? Um, It's really such a big variety of options when you're talking about, like, indoor planting and outdoor planting um, I have quite, I have indoor and outdoor. So like, right. I have a sunroom, so I get, I have an area that gets a lot of sunshine. I can bring my plants in, um, my portable plants I can bring in, in the winter and still keep them growing. I'm, I'm growing a, a, a swamp. <laughs> I showed you my <laughs> swamp. I'm actually growing a swamp. I don't know what I can grow in it. Um, but, but I have a, a container outside that I've tried to grow blueberries in and the blueberries didn't really grow. So could that be why it's a swamp Maggie? Cause we put so much nitrogen in there. Uh, it could oh, be, but, um, you know, it might, it, it might grow something interesting, you know, yeah, <laughs> it grows moss. It kept the water, and it's it's really funny because when you when you you go to it and you and you kick it in the in the summer in the summer heat, all these bubbles come up and they they pop and they smell of swamp gas. And I kind of I'm kind of proud of my little swamp. It's not necessarily what I would set you know. That's not what I set out to grow. <laughs> but it kind of makes me feel good that I have this little swamp. I have some swamp plants in my sunroom, but I would have to be very careful because they're extremely invasive. You you can't let them escape anywhere. I I didn't realize when I got them how crazy invasive they were. Well, and, and, you know, well, kudzu, if you're in the south, you know kudzu. Kudzu is all over the place. And then, um, like, lily pads, as much as they're mm-hmm. as pretty as they are, you have to call them all the time because they're very invasive. Um, and I know, I don't know what it's like here in North Carolina. I haven't looked into it. But in, in Texas, where I used to live, where we used to live when you were much younger, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh-huh. the honeysuckle you can't grow honeysuckle there you know if you get caught it's it's against the law um 
a couple years ago, a cereal um, and a you know cereal company under a brand of One Cereal uh, sent out free flower seed pocket packets. Um, I remember I got one and, of those. <laughs> yeah, I, I have one too, and I don't think I ever used it because as soon as you sent for it, they said, "Oh, some of these these seeds may be uh, invasive in your area, so don't grow them." So um, it's very serious. That I mean, there are laws against growing some plants in some areas. So the best place to check for these is. Um, the best place to check for these is uh, you go to your county uh, extension office if you're in the United States. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure Canada might have that as well or something like that. But there's there's an office in every county where you can ask, usually the master gardeners also, that they can help you with what when to grow things in your area. You can ask them. They, they hold classes. Um I'm very much for being a practical pagan. I I really love, you know, talking about ghosts and tarot and crystals and the vibrations of colors and incense and all. But when it comes down to it, I like to be actually living as much as I can pagany, not necessarily like living in the backyard and going and you know, no indoor plumbing or anything like that. I want to be a first world pagan. Um, but I like to have those connections right. with, with things. Yeah. And, of course, so, yeah, so and incorporating you, those connections on a daily basis. Definitely. So you, and um, with your county co-op, I'm sorry, I don't, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm no, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 I you think, go ahead. I think it's just co-op. a little bit of a, yeah, I think it's just a little bit of a delay. Um, so, uh, oh, yeah, the county co-op. Definitely check out your county co-op because not only is the master gardener there, um, not only will they help you with uh, when to plant, what to plant, what not to plant, definitely um, that's generally where your master beekeepers are going to be. They have all kinds of free classes. They also have classes you can pay, like a short, a small fee. And if you take them a sample of your soil, they'll give you a pH rating and tell you, like, if you need any kind of amendments to your soil for free. There you go. Be a smart first world pagan. Mm-hmm. There you go. Be a smart first world pagan. Yeah. Go to your county extension office. Definitely. I mean, that's like a, that's a vital part of our community. You know, we... Um, you know, we pay for the service, like, through our taxes and things like that. So you should definitely utilize it. That's what it's there for, you know, for your community, you know. And you never know, you might run into somebody else that's uh, trying to garden. And maybe, you know, you guys can talk shop and compare notes and things like that. I just, I always, um, you know, recommend the co-op when you're, you know, looking into gardening in your area for the first time. Uh, but one of the other things with it, too, is sometimes, and you might be the person to start it in your area, sometimes with the county co-op, there might be a community garden. If there isn't one, you know, a, a lot of times a co-op's going to have at least an orma- ornamental garden, you know, flowers and stuff like that. But if you mm-hmm. want to try to start a community garden, 
uh, the co-op would be a good place to start with that. Um, there's a lot of things, you know, I've, we've had shows about this in the past, whether it was on Pagans Tonight. I don't think we've done it yet on the Witching Hour Spellcast. But there are, are some cities that are that have already been incorporating uh, things like food forests um, and some of these community community gardens where you grow things like blueberries for not just for birds but for people. <laughs> um, there's a gorilla, not like gorilla, but gorilla. Gorilla, like the the mm-hmm. fighter, Gorilla Gardener from L.A. If you can check out his his TED talk, I forgot his name, but he started doing these food forests where you know there was areas in L.A. where you know, we're finding this out more and more when we talk about food insecurity, when we talk about and and you we happen to live in North Carolina in one of the more food insecure areas in the entire country. Go figure. Um, I think High Point used to be number two in the country. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm trying to remember. So, so, so if you can help combat food insecurity by growing things that people can eat, um, in this is Southeast LA where this guy was, where uh, mm-hmm. he was talking about how. A lot of people in, in inner cities, there are no grocery stores. You have convenience stores where you get your food, your, and it's usually marked up tremendously. You might go to the, the, the corner gas station to, to do your grocery shopping because you may not have the access to, to stores, to a, a grocery store. So what this gentleman did is there were strips of, of median <laughs> And in, in between the sidewalk and, and the street, there was like little strips of, of, of grass. And they started growing plants there. And uh, one of his stories, he talked about how some, you know, he came outside and some people were like taking the food and they saw him and they ran off. And, and he's like, no, no, that's what it's there for. That's exactly yeah. what it's there for. And I would like to see more of that you know, I'm, I'm not happy. Nobody's really happy with the way things are with the pandemic and the way that people are. The food insecurity is more and more of a thing. Um, but if you can, that's, again, that's why I'm trying to be the practical pagan, the first world pagan. This is not just to me. To me, this is not just about, oh, the moon is in this phase and the sun mm-hmm. is in this sign. It's about how do you, how do you, you give to your community with things that we find holy, that we find a connection to, that other people may have lost connection to. You know, how do we how do we use what we what we do to help people exist? I mean, it's nice to be able to to do a tarot spread, but if people can't eat, so if you can can spread your your. So this brings me to an idea. This is not growing food well unless you want to eat flowers but it just brought me to an idea that i think we might want to do i don't know you tell me if you think that's something we should do like maybe this weekend or something that we might want to wait until easter or Stara, uh the the vernal equinox to do but we used to do we we started a, a plan one time of of flower bombs 
Have you ever heard of flower bombs? No. You would take some seeds, flower seeds, uh-huh. and you have a, uh-huh. some clay, and you make these little these little like mud balls with seeds and clay, and then you uh-huh. would throw them in you know various places to have the the flowers grow later. Flower bombs. Interesting. I like it. I knew that you would. That sounds more like an austere thing, though. <laughs> if you put them maybe out we now, should they do... may not. Yeah, you want to do it. We should definitely do that for austere. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, if you put them out that now, but... the birds may eat them. Plus, we're going to get a lot of rain here soon. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I was wanting you to talk about with container gardening, and I guess maybe it is a container gardening, maybe it's not container gardening, but you make these, you make the little, I know a lot of my friends do that, where you put the, like a wooden frame outside. What's that? Oh, yeah. Um, like Yeah, like the boxes, like the garden boxes. A garden box? Yeah, just like little, yeah, just a garden box. Yeah, I, um, I kind of adapted my garden boxes I was doing like like boxes um in the front yard but I changed how I did it I did all my hardscaping and pushed my boxes to the borders of my yard so I'm doing a lot of hardscaping right now um but yeah container gardening with the boxes outdoors um you know, those are very easy to put together. Generally, you know, you can get supplies pretty cheaply. Um, if you want to do con- uh, outdoor container gardening, I would 100% recommend looking for, like, free pallets in your area and just recycling the wood. Um, most <clears throat> most of the wood that I got for mine, um, we just uh, found um, out and about or, like, you know, when my husband was at work, you know, they had extra pallets that they were going to throw away that he just brought home, um, you know, and just asking around. There's a lot of places you can check, like, um, what are those online trading forums for free pallets, you know, and just find things to recycle and just, you know, make some boxes. You can, um, you know, a lot of communities also have, like, uh areas that you can go pick up dirt like our high point has a yard waste recycling where um you just take your yard waste there they turn it into mulch or compost things like that um and you can do all sorts of you know plants in those outside gardens um i found that my tomatoes like the the more salady vegetables did really well, but um, like the root vegetables that I planted in them didn't seem to do very well at all. Um, I may not, not have had the soil loose enough, but it's kind of trial and error with, this, you know, getting the soil just right. Um, you want to make sure if you're putting boxes out, you're leaving plenty of space in between them so that you can get um, in between them, and also don't make them too wide. You have to be able to reach all the way to the middle. Um, so definitely make sure that you're measuring, you know, for your your uh, size and your reach. Otherwise, you may end up what having the- to climb into the middle of the box, which sucks. <laughs> <laughs> So so one of the things I want to, to grow, too, um, that I keep wanting to grow, 
my mother used to grow cucumbers and mm-hmm. morning glories. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think about growing cucumbers and, um, and, and like green beans. Those are particular, those are, they're like a, those are climbing plants, right? You have to come, you have to, figure out where you're going to grow. Well, ideally they're climbing plants. I guess you can grow cucumbers on the ground, but I know we grew ours climbing. They are. um, There are some varieties of cucumbers at um, bush, but for the most part, you're going to get vining varieties, Um, you know, and uh, so both with like cucumbers and beans and things like that, those are vining those are really good on borders. Um, you know, I like, you can do like really simple uh, lattice work. Um, you can make a lattice out of like two sticks and some twine, really. Um, you know, and when I was growing, you know, cucumbers and beans and things like that, I used, um, I have bamboo, so I have like, you know, an endless supply of um, stakes. And I would just use twine and those bamboo stakes and kind of just twine everything together. But you don't necessarily want to grow them in the same box. Um, you know, your your beans, you're going to want to grow a little bit earlier than your cucumbers, generally speaking. Um, the beans tend to bloom, and you want to, them to bloom a little bit earlier than your cucumbers. Those you're going to get more like towards summer whereas the beans are going to be more like springtime. So the the idea of this show is to think about spring, to make your plans mm-hmm. now, because I think, again, trying to be the practical first world pagan, we mm-hmm. have this tendency to, well, it's in bulk. We need to do this for Bridget. We need to do that for but but what is happening actually in this wheel this turn of the wheel of the year, and in this turn of the wheel of the year, yeah, they're they're being pummeled with snow, in um, in the Northeast right now, and they they uh-huh. were over the weekend in the Midwest, uh, and there's another storm about ready to hit hit California if it hasn't already hit California, so, but the the thing is is that you have to plan ahead. And what are you going to do, you know, to grow? What are you going to do to welcome spring? Um, and the answer is check with your, check with your, you know, get start making these plans now. Use this time to to make these plans. And uh, somebody asked um, on a on Facebook. There's a bunch of snow, and where where she's at, and she's like, "Well, what should I do with all this snow?" And I said, "Well, gather it in a mason jar, and uh, and and charge it. You know, in bulk snow. For this sure. is some pretty powerful stuff, man. And and use that. Use that for. You can use that. I would. I could. I would use it for like protection. Um, uh huh. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you could do and and take advantage of the fact that it might be snowing or raining where you're at and, and use that, that, that precipitation. 
as in bulk precipitation. Can you think of anything that we haven't talked about that you would like to talk about? I just basically wanted us to have conversations about, you know, it's in bulk. What does this mean to growing things? What does this mean to this time of year when we're planting stuff? Um, you know, it means to me, it, it means a lot of preparation, you know, getting ready for spring, of course, um, you know, this time of year, definitely cleaning out. Like I always get very like, uh, you know, spring cleaning this time of year, you know, you want to clean out clean your pots, you know, if you're recycling pots, you know, now is a good time to wash those, get them ready for next year. Now is a good time to do a a good floor wash. You know, you can do like an herbal floor wash. You can, um, you know, infuse some herbs into some, you know, uh, boiling water and then let the water cool and then clean your floor with it. And that does like all kinds of different things, you know, Um, it helps clean but also helps clean the energy out and then and then once you get all of that cleaned out you can reset all of your boundaries and your borders and your you know wards and all of that good stuff you know the other thing I really um, think about this time of year is um, you know enjoying where I am as well knowing that now now is a, a little bit less stressful of a time because just getting ready I can breathe a little bit more. It's not quite time to get into action, but I'm just getting prepared. So it's kind of a low energy time for me as well. Um, you know, I tend to uh, want to take more naps when it's this time of year, you know. <laughs> um, try, I feel like I'm resting up, you know. I'm getting ready for the next phase, which is going to be, you know, um, spring and excitement and new and uh, very ramping up of the energy. Right. Right. I think that that's the, the main thing that I, I wanted to, to pass on is, I you know, I don't know. It's like people think that there's like a, you're going to flip a switch, boom, it's spring. And flip the switch, boom, it's summer. And it's spring is a process. That's always what it means to me this time of year, in bulk, Groundhog Day, Candlemas, whatever you want to call it. To me, mm-hmm. I go outside and it's and it's it might be winter, but you can start seeing that promise. You can start this is where 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 we make those plans of what we're going to, you know, what are we going to plant? You know, what are we going to, what are we going to do with uh, what's coming up? And again, think about, um, if you're listening to the show, think about planning things. Think about a community garden. If you have a coven, if you have a group of pagans in your area, why not get together and start planning a community garden? And I know some people are like, you yeah, well, we'll have like 20 people show up and it'll be the same three people doing all the work. Sorry, that's how human nature is. So right. if you're We're eager just, to... That's just how people are for sure. <laughs> 
everyone right. wants to help, but you know, it is what it is, right? Right. So check and see. Check with your your county extension office, um, and 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 grow uh, grow a little plot for your, for yourself. When um, yeah, I was a military brat. And I was able to live overseas and people may think that it's like a, an episode of the crown or, you know, lifestyles of the rich and famous. Now we were just people, middle-class, lower middle-class, middle-class people who lived in another country. We, and the first place I lived, my landlady lived in a, in this village that is amazing. Oh my goodness. Um, this village is like lost in, in, you know, 100, 200 years ago, lost in time. And she had her house and there was a narrow little street because we lived at the very end of the lane. We didn't have, a, we didn't have any car traffic on this. It was all foot traffic. And across this little lane was this little, little area of, of this garden that she grew. So she always had, vegetables she always had things and she would go and tend it every day and it's just how they lived there you know you had your little garden plot next to your house um i think that that is i i get so encouraged you know me though i'll get like really encouraged and then i'll i'll grow my little swamp (laughs) (laughs) the best tomato plant i've had in my entire well, the best tomato plant I had in my entire life is we we must have got a stray tomato seed to grow in in right in front of our front door with all the flowers. This one tomato tomato plant just sprouted up and it was like really big and flourishing and I was watching it every day because it had some green tomatoes that were getting bigger and bigger and I was so eager to finally get the fruits of this tomato plant and then my ex pulled it up because it was in with the flowers. I'm like, why did you do that? Oh, no. I was watching. But it was it was the healthiest tomato plant I've ever had in my entire life, and it was by accident. <laughs> That's how they are. I don't care what you say. Tomatoes are not the easiest thing to start with. When people tell you, grow tomatoes, it's so easy. They're lying, okay? <laughs> it's not true. They're very particular, and there's like 7,000 billion different kinds of tomatoes, and they all like something a little bit different. Oh, I know they're something very else to bring up. Picky. Go ahead. They are very picky. Yeah, go ahead. My grandfather, my grandfather his, the ones that he used to grow, are burpy big boys. Every, you know, yeah. he, he, burpy big boys. And he grew it. He had a garden in his backyard. I have a. I love. I love the thought of a garden. I've tried to grow a garden. My grandfather had a garden. My mother grew things. Um, hopefully this year, Maggie. This is why I wanted to have this. Is trying to put me on the spot of I. You know all this stuff I keep talking about. I really would like to have this garden. Hopefully I can do it this year. Um, but. He would always talk about burpee big boys. So that's another thing to bring up, um, the seeds. Um, a lot of talk about heirloom seeds and where are you going to get your seeds. And uh, there are places 
if you wanted to go with more, well, well, what is an heirloom seed and what's the difference between buying a seed that isn't an heirloom seed? Um, so an heirloom seed is basically just means it's, um, it's a specialized variety that hasn't been genetically manipulated uh, artificially. So you can definitely do like cross-pollination with plants um, and have seeds and change their features and things like that. Um, That's still, you know, an organic or an heirloom seed. But if you genetically manipulate the seed artificially by separating the DNA and inserting foreign DNA, that would like a GMO organic seed, like a GMO. Right. Exactly. Um, and there's a huge variety of reasons why you wouldn't necessarily want to have a GMO. Um, you know, just personal preference. Uh, I, prefer the heirlooms. Um, I prefer non-GMO seeds. There's a lot of really great, reputable um, non-GMO seed companies out there. Uh, Burpee is not one. Um, Baker Creek uh, heirloom seeds. Uh, There's one of my favorites. I order from them every year. Um, You know, you can go on their website and get a free catalog uh, and you know, when the, I know it's like this time of year because this is when my seed catalogs start rolling in. Um, I also get a seed catalog from uh, Tomato Growers Incorporated. They'll send you a free catalog. Just go on their website. Um, their seeds are, they have heirloom. Um, and I particularly like the Tomato Growers uh, seeds because they have a really nice variety of tomatoes. Um, and they give you uh, a lot of good information about the different types of tomatoes and how they grow and is it determinate and indeterminate. And, um, you know, that's, you have to take all that into consideration. Um, but generally speaking, I would prefer to plant non-GMO seeds. Um, you know, I don't necessarily want to support uh, GMOs and what they represent and how they've damaged not only our environment but our communities. Um, you know, we we you and I talk about this. Is getting a little bit personal about about our health. Um, and I'm on what's called a low FODMAP diet. I have to be very careful with what I eat. And uh, low FODMAP FODMAP stands for like fructans oligosaccharides, poly, I, I forgot, di- disaccharides, I forgot what all of it stands for, but one of, uh, the, a person I knew told me his, I don't know, I guess there's, you can find theory, the theory behind this and find out, you know, whether you want to believe too much about about this, but he said that they started uh, modifying wheat and they added more into the chain of of wheat and and that's where the gluten yeah so that's why uh, you know somebody like me i have gluten sensitivity Uh 
I had a dream last night that I was eating biscuits. And I was scared because I ate a biscuit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't eat. I get, I get extremely ill from eating, eating gluten. I miss it so much. I miss it so much. Um, but it's, it's the genetic modifi- modifications that they did to wheat that basically is creating this issue where a lot of people have the gluten sensitivity and go to diets like low FODMAP or the gluten-free. So, so please don't roll your eyes when somebody says they, they're doing gluten-free. Come on. I don't want to do it. Don't you think I want to have a piece of pizza? Of course I do. <laughs> of course I do. Right, exactly. Like, um, you know, you know what I go through with uh, with what we do over here with the gluten-free. Um, you know, can't even, Daphne can't even have, like, a speck of wheat, or she is extremely ill. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it, and uh yeah it's more she has you know celiac disease but it's it's i think it's it's more because you know she has the celiac disease but our wheat is so gluten-y i think that's why her um reactions are so extreme because it's just not only does she have the celiac disease but our wheat is like extra gluten um you know and you know, a lot of people do roll their eyes or when, you know, we have to ask for special accommodations, you know, they don't understand, don't know what it's like to have the thing that's supposed to nourish you, um, you know, make you feel like you can't do anything, like sick, like, you know, these uh, gluten allergies can cause people to have extremely um, bad reactions, you know, like, uh, like you would uh, with like a bee sting, you know, it's extreme. It's it's not yep. just like uh, I don't like it. It doesn't make me feel good. No, it's like I'm extremely sick and I can't even get out of bed. You know, it's very serious. Yeah. And and I think you're correct. I think um a lot of or you know, um I think that's a good theory. I think it, I've followed that theory I've done a lot of research on it it makes a lot of sense to me um you know I've seen how the chains are looked at the chemistry of it 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 makes sense it would make sense why it's such a big prevalence and why it's so you know intense of uh a reaction for people these days it's bad it's bad I mean it, and it honestly that, but sorry um and not only that, but just um, the manufacture, the history of our wheat manufacturing is is really just terrible. I mean, the people that have had to suffer over these GMO crops, the lives that have been ruined, you know, not just people's health, but just the process of creating and growing these um, monoculture crops, um, you know, is this devastating? It's devastating to uh, the farms. Um, it destroys the the soil. Um, if you know other neighboring farms get contaminated with the GMO crops, you know they those other farmers have been sued and um, you know things like that. Just you know every aspect of the situation. I don't want to support that type of um, you know, farming, uh, it's, 
it's not good for anyone really it's not good for um, our bodies it's not good for our earth it's it's not good for our communities you know so um, definitely don't want to support that in, in any way well and um yeah, you were talking about people being sued. With with my gluten, it's and I haven't been able to to uh, to check into it. But with my gluten sensitivity, there are certain ancient grains that I'm supposed to be able to eat because they don't have that GMO changing changes. Just something that I find really interesting. You know, I think that's you. I think that would probably could probably be the case. You probably could handle handle like a um an a more uh you know, pre-modified wheat product, you know. Mhm. But, you know, Well, and, there you go. You got to think about it too, like, you know, wheat's a grass. So you have other types of allergies uh-huh. as well, so that's probably <laughs> one of the reasons why it affects you specifically. I am so freaking you know? allergic to get to grass. I am so freaking allergic to grass. It is not even fun. Oh, I know. How badly yeah. allergic to grass I am. Mm-hmm. So freaking allergic to grass. To to yeah, um, yeah. You know, <laughs> I have I I have PTSD. I really, I have, it's been diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Hello? Hello? Are you there? I think I lost you. Hello? Hello? Are you there? Hello? And I'm back. So Maggie said that she didn't know if she dropped or if I dropped, but it was me that dropped. Um, lovely blog talk radio. Thank you for being patient. Um, I was saying that I was looking at the Baker Baker Creek heirloom seeds that she was talking about, and I already logged on, started filling up my, my cart with stuff um, already, and I am I am hungry. Maggie, it's your fault. I'm blaming you. I'm like really hungry wanting tomatoes and and, and cucumbers and Yeah, I kinda wanna grow a watermelon, you know? They take a lot of water. Watermelon. See the thing is if yeah. I ate a water if I if I grew watermelon I would want to eat the watermelon and I shouldn't. I should not I'm eat not watermelon. supposed to eat watermelon either, but I do anyway. Oh, it's watermelon. How could you not eat watermelon? So exactly. yeah, I'm looking at at all these different things that I can uh, that I can munch your cucumber. Mm. 
burpless. I don't think it's, I don't know if you can promise that cucumbers are going to be burpless because they're cucumbers. But anyhow, um, the, the, the moral of tonight's story is, is yes, it's not like boom, you know, it's spring, but it, but the stirring, you know, things are waking up and this is when you start looking at what you're going to grow. And this is where you start looking at cleaning your house, putting the wards up. A lot of the the Bridget, um, a lot of the Bridget rituals from this time is maybe asking Bridget for wishes and protection. Um, Bridget's very much alive, bride, breed, however you want to pronounce her her name, mm-hmm. um, as long as you understand the energy behind her. She's very much alive still in the British Isles and in Ireland. Um, sacred wells, springs, the hearth, poetry. Uh, she's also a warrior. She's, you know, fire, but, but brand, like, like working with fire, like, you know, smiths and stuff like that. Bridget's a very powerful goddess, and this is a good time that if you want to get to know Bridget, um, a lot of good information out there on Bridget. Uh, we brought up the Selena Fox's uh, CircleSanctuary.org. She has a, some good stuff about Bridget in, in bulk. Uh, making a Bridget I cross. Just, yes, and... Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to throw this out. I just ordered another book. I think it's called um, Seas. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I forgot the name of it. Never mind. Um, I think it was called Seasons of the Witch um, by uh, Temperance Alden. I think is her name. Um, and she's like a new author, and I love how she breaks down um, the different cycles of the year as well. Um, so I'm going to be checking out her book, and uh, she kind of goes over like some other aspects of, you know, the the holiday, uh, you know, the midwinter, you know, beginning times of spring. You know, if you're not necessarily uh, a rigid worshiper. Um, you know, you can still definitely uh, connect with this time of year in your own way, um, you know, and from different perspectives, for sure. Awesome. Awesome. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I, I, You and I need to get together and talk about this seed bomb thing and, and yes, do that for our... So um, come together with with people around you who, I'll be honest, and you know this, you know I'm not lying. I'm not the, I can grow marigolds. (laughs) I can grow marigolds. But the other stuff usually eludes me. And somebody put a, a, I still feel guilty about this. I'm laughing, but I feel guilty about it. Somebody put a, a thing out for plants that you can't die, and one of which is a spider plant, and you've given me a spider plant, and my cat ate it. I kept trying to keep it away from my cat, but she, for some reason she really wanted to eat that spider plant. So That's I saved so the one last. Because, um, 
Yeah, my cat tries to eat my spider plants as well. I don't know why they like those things. I I saved one of the the I think you gave me 3 and when she mm-hmm. killed the first two I I gave the the one to to my friend Robbie and Robbie's been able to make it flourish but it it's put out runners but it hasn't put out babies yet. So she said she'll give me babies once they they have cool. babies. Um I've been able to to keep my I have this this thing called a rabbit fern that's supposed to be really easy to grow. I've almost killed it like three times, but it's still alive. <laughs> and I really want to have I really want to have a garden, but I don't know. I that's so if gardening isn't your thing, then you know, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's why you make friends with people like Maggie. Maggie, tell me about gardening and I can do it uh do it vicariously through you. Yeah, and don't give up because, you know, um, just keep trying. If You you know what I mean? Uh, you don't get it right mm-hmm. away. Some plants are easier to grow than others. And, you know, sometimes you got to just try it out and see what you're good at. What do you have uh, an affinity with, you know? Are you really good at growing succulents or cacti or, you know, are you good with house plants? Sometimes you got to try it out and see how it goes as well. But I say if you feel it, don't give up. You'll get there or you won't. And either way, it'll be all right. I hope so. I hope so. Um, okay, so can people reach out to you if they have questions about about plants or planting or things like that? Um, I'm on, like uh, the only social media I have is um, my uh, Instagram page, my Maggie the Green Instagram. Um, they can definitely find me there. Uh, I think um, <laughs> my Instagram handle nowadays is uh, Dr. Maggie the Green Thumb. Um, yeah. So, you know, you can definitely follow my plant progress there. Uh, you know, I like to uh, kind of give updates on what's going on. Um, you know, with uh, me and my family and my plants and all that good stuff. Ouch! And my little pixie darling who just decided my back was a great place to jump. Hi, sweetie. <laughs> Do you hear your mommy over here? Your ex-mommy. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so other mommy. So I have this this very damaged she should be long on on uh galaxy jackson galaxy's show the cat from hell i love my cat i love her very much but she does not want another cat to live here she's very happy with having her me and dad to herself and and somebody somebody offered us a kitten and this kitten was just so it's like the most perfect kitten it's so amazing. And I thought, well, maybe it's a kitten. Maybe she'll maybe she'll warm up to a kitten. No. After being injured a, a couple times getting near the kitten and near the cat, uh, I was like, I got to find a new place for this kitten to be. So I called Maggie, please. I don't want to give you this kitten. <laughs> but I wanted to go to some place good. So I'm glad. She's uh, Pixie is definitely Pixie. She is. Definitely. She's perfect. She was my gift from Hecate. 
<laughs> this is true. This is true. So, well, here we are at the uh, wrapping things up here on, sorry about the, the drop off in the middle of the show. It happens. Yeah. It is what happens. Sorry about here. that. Um, no, it wasn't you. It was me. I was like, oh, I got to get on real quick because I saw you floundering there by yourself because I was gone. And you can't see because you're not logged in. So it's like you're talking and then people aren't there. It's very frustrating. Oh, um, hopefully okay. we can have. Yeah, you were, you were here. Hopefully you didn't drop too many bad words, but it's okay if you did because I'm cool with that. Um, I want to go ahead and, and play a song at the end of the show uh, to wrap things up. Are you sitting here trying to tell me psychically to play I Will Not? Maybe. <laughs> okay, I was going to play something else. That's kind of the theme tonight, right? No, you can play uh, play whatever you want. Uh, I'll play I Will Not because that's Celia. We were talking about Celia a lot. So check out Celia. This is a good time of year for Celia as well. We're talking about growing things like plants, but you can grow artists. You can grow and 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 Bridget is a goddess of artists, of poets, of bards. So it's a good time of, of maybe a little bit of Bridget tapping tapping me on the shoulder and going ahead. Go ahead and play Celia. Celia does a lot of work with in bulk with Bridget, and then as it's as we had this. The season, like I said, is the season of Celia because she also does a lot of um, a lot of stuff around the vernal equinox as well. So a lot of Irish tales and a lot of fun stuff with her Trestlefoot, the fairy um, kids show, adult show. Um, so check out Celia. I need to check and see, but what's been going on throughout the pandemic is the first Friday of the month. And I'm not sure if it's going to happen, but I but they've been doing it so far. The first Friday of the month, um, Bandcamp has been, if you buy your music from Bandcamp, artists that are on Bandcamp, which is bandcamp.com, and a lot of our, our independent pagan artists are on Bandcamp. You can find their music on Bandcamp. On the first Friday of the month during the pandemic, Bandcamp has been, and again, I haven't checked to see if it's if it's happened so far this year. So check it out ahead of time. But anyhow, that's where you can find a lot of our artists. They've been giving 100% of the proceeds um, of when you buy things. They usually take a little bit of a fee because they got to make money too. But all the money goes to the artists on the first Friday of the month. So check out and see if that's a deal. If not, if you can afford it, go ahead and throw some money uh, and buy some music from from some of your favorite favorite artists because um, they need our love too. This has been a really tough year for for them without being able to do concerts and festivals. Mm-hmm. So, um, which you know, it's kind of hard not to buy from the big box store right now because of their because of corporate corporate power over supply lines and such but mm-hmm. do what you can this is i'm going to play this from the green album which you can get a copy yeah. of can at I the green album real quick before sure, you sure, start sure. the uh song yeah and it's all yours 
Okay, so, and also, we know we all have to kind of participate in the big box stores. You know, you kind of got to do what you got to do. So let's not shame each other for doing what we got to do, but also at the same time, um, just do the best you can. And let's try and, like, move away from those type of things if that's not what you're really into. Yes. Well, try to so, try to do your all. best to understand. Yeah, and try you know try to be more try to just try to be aware of what you're doing. Be try to be a a, a good consumer, which leads me to what I was going to say. Um, if you can't, what was I going to say? I lost it. Yes, the next Bandcamp Friday is February fifth, so this Friday. Um, from midnight to midnight Pacific time. That's three days, five hours, and 21 minutes away. I was going to talk about the Green Album. Um, the Green Album at thegreenalbum.net. Thegreenalbum.net, which came out in 2016, I believe. Yeah, 2016. Um, it's it's raised money for um, for Rainforest Trust. And it kind of went away for four years, go figure. And now it's back again. And people's, it's, people are talking about it. People are buying it. So if you were to go to thegreenalbum.net and to buy thegreenalbum.net, you're going to find songs like this one from Celia called I Will Not, talking about pledging to try your best not to buy from a big box store. To uh, There's Twas Dea, there's Esther Tucker, there's Wendy Roll, there's uh, Spiral Dance, Spiral Rhythm, Murphy's Midnight Rounder, Sharon Knight. I'm going to drop somebody. I'm going to lose somebody if I say everybody. So I'll just say like a couple more, Brian Hankey, uh, Dave the Bard, uh, Ginger Doss. There you go. Mama Gina. See, look what happens when you do it. So there's so many amazing people on this album that it's worth when you pay for it. This is not a band camp thing. This is separate. 25% of your online purchase of, of downloading the Green Album um, will go to the Rainforest Trust, and they've already bought thousands of acres of rainforest back, you know, to make it, to save it, to protect it. So just be cognizant of what you're doing. Uh, Celia, I Will Not is part of the Green Album, and now it's part of the Witching Hour spellcast because I'm going to play it. Um, have a wonderful night. If there's something that you would like to hear, look us up on, on Facebook, the Witching Hour spellcast. And uh, send me a note, um, Pam, it. I'm hoping to have uh, – I'm trying to think of some of the other shows. Oh, I, here's one that you would like, Maggie. Um, I'm talking to a gentleman. He's military. He's prior military, and he's working on a, on a plan to get Molniers to our, um, our heathen troops um, through the chaplains, through the chaplain's office. Uh, because I don't know if people realize this, but when you wear your dog tags, uh, there's only certain types of jewelry that's allowed in uniform, and that's religious insignia. So if we can get some of our pagan troops, uh, things like Molniers or Pentacles, um, that's really good for them. So I'm, I'm working on him. I'm working on getting him to be a, a guest here. So this is Celia, and I will not. Have a wonderful night. That big box store 
Don't let it control you. Do you enjoy the constant question? 